Alrighty, well then I guess I'll go ahead and get an intro going. Intro, 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 intro. intro. Yeah! <laughs> nerd. Welcome, nerds around, to Nerd and Nerder. I am the host and nerder for this week. I am Will. I am accompanied here by my good friend and co-host, Karsten. What's up? Back at it again with my white not vans. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just said the first thing that popped to my head. <laughs> Are you wearing white shoes that just happen to not be Vans? I don't have shoes on them. I just got out of the shower. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could have said back at it again with my white ass feet. I don't know. <laughs> that might have made. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. We're off to a fantastic start. Um yeah, whether or not I can shower is up in the air because uh, they've been messing with the plumbing outside my apartment and uh, they had to turn the water off to do that. They literally took away your like one of your basic rights. Exactly. Well, according to Nestle, not really, but you know, that's a that's a song and dance for another time. Anyways, so this week I plan on this being the first episode of a new sub series to this podcast. That I am now going to call Events in Nerdy History. Oh, I like where this is going. Yeah, so basically just a, you know, a little bit of education on nerdy history. I, I, I recently, this is something, what I'm about to talk about is something that I've heard of before, kind of forgotten about, and I got reminded of fairly recently. So I definitely think it fits as a topic here of conversation. I have a few tabs opened up with some articles about this. Have you ever heard of a man by the name of Billy Mitchell? I have not. Okay. Billy Mitchell, at one point, was the uh, world record holder for the highest score in Donkey Kong. Like the, the old arcade game. Okay. But, you know, in 1999, he was also, you know, the first person to ever achieve the a perfect score in Pac-Man, which I wasn't aware that was possible, but it is. This guy did it, or so we thought. There's a perfect score? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I thought, you know, Pac-Man just kind of went on and on and on and on until you finish the game. But, but apparently, you know, Pac-Man has an end, has a perfect score, and this guy... Did it. This guy accomplished it. In 1999, he accomplished the perfect score to Pac-Man. What's the actual number? That's a great year, by the way. Yes, it is a fantastic year. Well, it was a great period from, like, January to mid-March. After that, you know, it's just... Hey! (laughs) Until what, to be exact? Until... um, March 22nd. You gotta include Noah in there. Oh, yes. Fair. Fair, I'd, yeah. Well, you know. It's not all about you in March. There's other people's birthdays. There's Nicole. There's D. Oh, not DJ. There's uh, Nicole. There's Emmy. There's you. There's Noah. 
There's my grandmother. There's Lauren's mom. There's Lauren's other sister. There's a lot of people. There's that many people in our lives with the birth with a birth date in March. Yeah, and oh, including Rebecca. Rebecca's also in March. Goodness. Well. Yeah. Alrighty then. I'm not so special. Anyways, 1999 was a great year. Cool. You're very special to me, my co-host, my brother. Aw. Aw. Well, thank you. Anyways. Key. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. 1999, he achieved the perfect score of Pac-Man, which totals 3,333,360 points. That is technically the perfect score. That is wild. It is wild. In 2005, uh, he became the first person to reach a million points in Donkey Kong. I know. I don't know if how much experience you have playing the original Donkey Kong arcade cabinet, but I know I've never gotten anything above like tens of thousands. In all honesty, maybe at one time I got like a hundred, uh, you know, something above a hundred thousand. But I do I was, not play very much of it. Yeah. So a million points in Donkey Kong is unheard of. And he had the world record for, I guess, highest score in Donkey Kong. He became crowned a couple of titles, one of which being the King of Kong. And and he was also deemed uh, the video game. What is it? uh, Video game player of the century. Which... In two thousand five, I don't know it's how five percent of the year in or the century right. in. I don't know how you can call someone the video game player of the century when you know we're only five years into the century when he did it, or maybe they're talking about just like video game history in general. You know, back starting the sixties, but still, we still have forty years to go to and right. this date for a whole century to be out since when video games came out. So, I don't know. I feel like that title should have been given out at a way later date of being video game player of the century. So, basically, in 2005, he got a video of himself playing Donkey Kong and beating a million points and having the world record uh, of highest score playing Donkey Kong. He submitted it to two to two organizations. Guinness Book of World Records, which, by the way, uh, to those of you who don't know, I just learned this fairly recently. The Guinness company that makes the world record the books is the same company that makes the beer. Exactly. And did you just send me a Snapchat? No. My phone just lit up and I just saw your Bitmoji on it. Maybe. <laughs> I was answering my Snapchats. Okay. So you're answering my Snapchats while I'm telling you about potentially the greatest video game player of all time. Yeah. <laughs> all right fair enough <laughs> uh. yeah so in 2005 he he uh, this guy caught a video of himself playing the video game sent it to two organizations the guinness book of world records and uh twin galaxies twin galaxies i don't know if i haven't heard of them until i heard about this guy Maybe maybe they're not so much in use anymore. But Twin Galaxies is basically another uh, company that keeps track of uh, video game world records, video game records, uh, and high scores and everything like that. So when he submitted these and everybody saw the videotapes, this guy became 
like the top of the gaming world. Like he was given the two titles I just talked about, King of Kong and Video Game Player of the Century. He was he was basically the king of video games for a while. He be, and there was actually a whole documentary about him called King of Kong: A Handful of Quarters. I think is what it was called. That's cool. Yeah. And so this guy is this guy was so cool. So yeah, so he did that in 2005 and broke the world record. In and I want to get this right. Early April of 2018, so a little bit over 4 years ago, Twin Galaxies, which as I just mentioned is the organization that kind of validates and it's kind of like this is kind of like the, you know, the, the record keeper for all of these video game scores. Okay. For, oh, for arcade specifically. I see now they announced that they had determined that some of Mitchell's records were not attained on actual arcade machines. What? Cheating yeah. scandal. Right. And I am taking this directly from a quote from the Washington post in an article that they wrote about it. Um, yeah, so they believe that he used uh, something called MAME, M-A-M-E, which stands for a multi, excuse me, a multiple arcade machine emulator. Oh, I, okay, I, I see. Yes, or it's or some other software which replicates the games, and that violates Twin Galaxies' rules. I wonder how it got leaked to them that if it was true. So, what happened was, I guess someone was watching the tapes at a later date, again, sometime in 2018. They noticed some of the transitions within the video were not the same and did not match up with the transitions that would happen if you played the game on a regular arcade cabinet. Hmm. And they noticed that this would happen... On the, you know, MAME. Right. And so, therefore, if it happens in MAME and it matches his video, therefore, his record was revoked. So, he tried to go on to say that his scores were valid. What I don't understand, and I, I, under, well, I do understand, if it's definitely a Twin Galaxy rule to not use MAME when, you know, submitting your scores, I can understand the scores being revoked. It, I have never heard... Of how Mame could potentially help him at all, unless maybe you know he was able to use some sort of different controlling scheme that could help him out. Um, I'm not sure, but I've never I have in in all the different times I've heard about this guy, I've never heard of this use of the emulator actually helping him. Now, it's also a thing. It, the, him using Mame is not super definitive. You know, Twin Galaxies said that, like, well, the evidence that we see says that he did not use it on an arc actual arcade cabinet, which basically invalidates his uh, his things. For Guinness, though, that wasn't good enough. After Twin Galaxies came out and said, you know, this guy is his record is invalidated, and whatnot. Guinness said, mm, I don't know. The uh, we looked deep. We looked deep into this. Uh, and said so they basically decided that the evidence that he used MAME wasn't strict enough, so they gave him his record back. Oh, okay. So it was in the Guinness, fine, he was fine, but in the other one he wasn't. Right. Oh. Yeah, and I'm trying to see here. 
because he uh, he did after Twin Galaxies came out in 2018, basically said like this guy's a fraud. He did say that he tried to promise that his scores were valid, and I do want to see I I forget the exact details as to how he tried to do that. So I'm trying to look at that right now. He probably played more Donkey Kong. Potentially. I mean, that's also, he'd been really out of practice at that point. Okay. So apparently Guinness, the reason Guinness decided to remove his record in the first place before reversing their decision a few months later, Guinness mainly relies on Twin Galaxies as their source of verification for various video gaming achievements. Uh, okay, that makes sense. So when Twin, Twin Galaxies came out about this, that's when Guinness you know, decided to take the records back, but then a few months later said, well, the evidence as we see it, and I'm sorry if you can hear my dog in the background, I don't know what he's barking at. Basically, Guinness said, well, the evidence as we see it doesn't really you know, show anything that we think is definitive, so we're going to give him his records back. So he is currently the world record holder for... Donkey Kong. I don't believe anybody's beaten him. Yeah, I won't. It's not. It's it's a hard game. It's it's definitely it's definitely a hard game. I was like, wait, you won't what? You won't try to beat? You won't beat him, right? Yeah, I will not beat him. Donkey Kong is hard, isn't it? Um, Donkey Kong is really hard. So this documentary about Mitchell, King of Kong, a fistful of quarters. Fistful. I, I said handful earlier in the podcast. It's Fistful of Quarters, so I got the title wrong. Okay. It, it apparently follows this one guy. His name is Steve Wiebe. W-I-E-B-E. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But uh, he attempts to beat Mitchell's record on Donkey Kong. And, okay. And, and, and fails, of course. Um, well, I guess... I thought there was more to that than that, but I, <laughs> you're fine. I guess that I so I that's really it for Billy Mitchell. This also this makes me want to uh, try to bring up other potential gaming scandals. I know that you know the man with a recent face. Uh, if you've heard of this, Dream. Yeah, Dream. I was wondering if oh, you could catch on his speed running. His speed running. Yeah, that's another. Yeah. That's another really big scandal. That's, you know, that's come out because a lot of people believe, and I tend to side with the skeptics, that Dream modded his game or tampered with his game in some way in order to get the luck that he did. Well, he did. It was proven that he did. It was proven? Okay, I did not yeah, know that they, part. They, they, he, moved, he, he might not have done it, but someone in his camp did to where like drops were like higher rate than they're supposed to be. Gotcha. I believe so. You can fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that it was proven because they had to turn over their f- game files. Let me try. Oh, well, I try to look up dream scandals. You know, all you see is his face, isn't it? Oh, well, no. Wait, he has multiple controversies? Oh, T. Uh, because I look up dream scandal and it brings up, and the first result is this website, uh, sportskeeda.com. The top five dream Minecraft controversies of all time. Oh, T. He has enough to make a top five list, apparently. The well, num- the, the number five entry is about his merchandise, which a lot of people called overpriced and boring. That's not really what I'm talking about here. 
Oh, a lot of creators stuff is overpriced, so. And then number four is the time he played with Notch, which Notch is, a, as a person, is fairly unpopular because of his political beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so when Dream played Minecraft with Notch himself, that, I guess, was enough of a controversy. Oh, in number three, the number three entry is Dream tried to call out PewDiePie uh, for using him as clickbait in a video titled Top 10 Streamers Caught Cheating. Uh, well, there's a reason he might be there. Uh, yeah, you know, in all honesty, <laughs> especially because Dream is really popular. I didn't realize how many subscribers he had on yeah. YouTube until just recently. He has a ton. I personally don't understand it. Yeah, me neither. I've never watched a single one of his videos, if I'm being completely honest with you. I haven't either. He's come up on my, you know, not for you page. I'm thinking about TikTok. Your recommended? But he's, he's, come up, he's come up on my recommendeds a few times. I never watched it. And even after knowing about the scandal, I don't plan on watching him because of what happened. Because I side with the skeptics. Um, oh, okay. Number The number two entry for Dream Scandal is... Uh, it basically he so back in 2020 minecraft hosted a vote for oh yeah i heard about this yeah for which mob to add into the game there was moobloom isologer or glow squid and a lot of people apparently were up in arms apparent uh for dream basically having his followers vote for glow squid yeah, he kind of, he kind of like they they saying he rigged the system because he was like, everyone go vote for Glow Squid. Yeah, and from what I'm seeing, it was a fairly close match. Had he not did that, it, we might have had a different result for the new mob in the in that update yeah. of Minecraft. That's true. And then, of course, number one being, you know, him cheating during you know that speed run world record. Yeah, that's not a good one. Yeah. So, I know of some other speedrunning scandals. I So, I know that... Well, I, tr I try to type in speedrunning scandals, and I just get out speedrunning before I press enter. Um, speedrunning. Speedrunning. But I know that there are some other speedrunning scandals. I was really into, like, these... I was really into these... For a period of time, back in like late middle school, early high school. See, I've never attempted a speed run. I don't think I'd be good at it. I get too scared while playing. Uh, I would be uh, interested in trying a glitchless speed run of Super Mario sixty four. Ooh, mainly because of a lot. Mainly because of you know all of the all of the hours that I have into that game, and I still have the game the physical copy and the system uh, in my room, in my closet right now. And that's something that I should probably uh, look into. I'd look up speedrunning scandal, and the only thing that comes up is Dream. <laughs> so, uh, so there was one, it was like a game for the Atari that I'm trying to figure out. It was basically like, it was race. It was a racing game. I remember that. I remember that it was a racing game. I don't remember who did it, and I don't remember what the game actually was. But it was a game for the Atari, where basically it was just like a, a a drag race, and you know you had to 
shift gear shift gears at like pixel perfect frame perfect moments in order to get the optimal speed. This guy got a time that was deemed impossible because because okay. you had some of the some of the other some of the best you know speed runners in the world trying this game because I think he got it was like to get sub four four seconds to get sub four seconds was like you know if you got sub four seconds you were it right and a, and a few people could get sub four but what this guy could he could get sub three nine and he oh could get like gosh. he could get like three eight whatever and so a lot of people deemed it impossible i'm trying to uh, oh was it the, the the one where you have to change yeah you said change lanes right not change lanes but change uh oh wait i think i found something about it Longest standing video game record declared impossible and thrown out after 35 years. I think, yes, this is it. Okay. So, the Twin Galaxies, here we are again. Uh, yeah, so, uh, they have declared one of the old, oldest gaming re- world records invalid after 35 years. Todd Rogers, that's his name. Todd Rogers has been stripped of his world record for finishing the simple Atari 2600 racing game Dragster after months of, of debate over his completion time. This is Polygon.com. So in 1982, Rogers submitted to Activision's official fan newsletter a time of 551. That was his time, which the company recognized in print. They, they printed out in their magazine or newsletter, um, you know, his new record time. Uh, Twin yeah. Galaxies later added Rogers to its own leaderboards in 2001, and Guinness World Records awarded the player with the honor of holding the world's longest standing video game record, which I feel like that's cheating. I feel like that's cheating to have a record and then have another record of just, you know, the world's longest record. Right. That, that t- <laughs> I feel like that's cheating to have a world record based on another world record. That doesn't really... That's like scraping at world records. Uh-huh. But Rogers never provided or recorded uh, proof of his five one five five one time. Oh, so it was literally like a, oh, I said so. Yeah, pretty much. His personal website, which it has a link when it says that, it offered a simple explanation of how he achieved this unbeatable time while maintaining that Activision's certification at this time highlighted in one of the company's newsletters uh, was enough to cement his place. So... He basically gave an explanation as to how he did it to Activision, and that was enough for Activision to put it in their newsletter. So that's really Activision's fault. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Oh my god. So the link that I clicked on took me to the Wayback Machine. What's that? Oh, you don't know about the Wayback Machine? The the Wayback Machine is a is a website and a tool to use online where basically you can use it to uh, find old and deleted websites. Is the website our um, archive.org? Yeah, that's it. Oh, I'm here. So this guy, he had made his own website called beatthechamp.com. His name is Todd Rogers, the man behind the legend. I guess it's just uh, a website of him. He's got a few side lengths home game score. He's got a list of just game scores. So the Atari 2600 is the one we're looking for. And it's called Dragster. Yeah, Dragster 551. And then 
I guess in 2017, Twin Galaxies introduced a new process for disputing scores. Uh, so in that time, Roger's time at Dragster was one of the first to be challenged. Uh, several community men- members uh, submitted Roger's 551 second Dragster finish for review. Uh, a thread on the Twin Galaxies forum about how Ro- Roger's Dragster time was technically impossible ran for nearly 300 pages and included almost 3,000 posts. So a ton of you know people in the gaming community and speedrunning community came forward and said, this guy's lying. The, what he did is impossible. It has to be. They were literally like, uh, you know the meme, hold up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. Something's not right here. I mean, yeah, if it's like virtually impossible and there's no proof. So here's a quote in this article. It seems like there are multiple witnesses and otherwise for this particular record, but based on the code of the game. Okay. So this is what the scandal came from. I remember, I remember from that initial video now. So a lot of people went into the code of the game and you could see, you know, what would I guess someone who reads code and can understand code can understand when in the game it would be best to, you know, shift, downshift, you know, go forward, whatever. These people who looked at the game, they could not see how it was even possible to hit 554, let alone 551. So apparently like 555 was the possible best time you could get. But Todd Rogers, or at least he said... Uh, hit a time of five five one. I I do remember he submitted a a photo. He submitted a photo to Activision. Now that I'm remembering more about it, of the screen on his TV that said five five one, and a lot of people, of course, later on when this technology became available, they picked it apart and said, "Well, wait a minute, that one looks a little weird," and they said th- they thought that it was like a doctored image. It and apparently he a lot of people would interview him later on. And said, okay, cool, can you, can you, you know, do this again for us? Can, uh, can we show you hit, you may not be able to hit 551, that's understandable, but can you show us hitting like, you know, you know, you know, so, like 55 whatever? And he couldn't do it. And I remember the video, he's just like smacking the controller, which is how he played, but he's smacking the controller, it's like, ah, it's sticking, ah, it's like doing this, ah, it's like, and he had a whole bunch of excuses as to why he couldn't. Uh, hit the times that were asked of him. <laughs> it's just all the signs point to it being fake. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry, bud, but like, you lied, man. He lied. He lied. I ain't calling the truther. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then after his after his title was revoked, um, then. Twin Galaxies set his top time or the new top time for Draxter to be five five seven. Oh, yeah. Even Guinness, the Guinness Book of World Records, has removed his name from the archives just in general. Like so, he so you can no longer see that he at one point held the record for Draxter. You can no longer see at one point that he held the world record for longest standing video game world record. Mm. So, so he's been removed from the archives basically because he's a, he's a fraud. So Billy Mitchell and Todd Rogers are two of the most popular frauds in gaming history. Yeah. And fraud. 
Fraud! They're doing fraudulent stuff. I know you're stealing. But yeah, it took, I can't believe it took 35 years for um, the Dragster record to be taken away. You would, yeah, you'd think it'd be a little quicker with no proof at all. Yeah. Oh, I did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, granted, this was the 80s when he supposedly broke the record. So he just submitted an image of his television screen to Activision. And that was enough. Activision called up, you know, Twin Galaxies. Twin Galaxies called up Guinness. Although, was Guinness even around then? Oh, I'm, maybe. Well, I'm sure, like, the, the, the company was around making beer and whatnot. But, like, what did the world record book exist in the 80s? Hmm, that's a good question. That's all I looked at when we were kids, man. Oh, no, the Guinness World Records was awesome. Of course, I spell everything wrong. Welcome to my life. Right. Oh, wow, it went all the way back to 1955. I had no idea. Okay, so let's click on 1982 then. Let's find this. Oh, wait. We won't find anything. So I can't, you can't open the book. You could, I can click on the cover, but I can't see the actual yeah. records within it. I'm also on that same page, so I'm looking at it too. Well, that's a shame. That is a shame, man. But dang, I really wanted to... Scroll down a little bit. Go down to like the 2004. That's the ones I looked at. Like 04, 05, 06. Oh. Those covers. Yeah, those. I was thinking the same thing. Those covers are like super nostalgic. I haven't looked at one in forever. Yeah. So I want to know, what do you feel like is your best video game feat? Huh. It's a good question. I've never really thought about it. Yeah, since we're talking about, you know, supposed, um, since we're talking about supposed world records and whatnot, I want to know on a personal level, what is your you know, best video game feat. I don't have an answer either immediately. So it's going to be something I'm going to have to think of, but. Hmm. Well, I know in this most recent call of duty launch uh, while playing, I think I was playing hardcore domination on one map. I got like 106 kills. I know it's not really nothing, but. You're is this the beta for modern warfare two? No, this was cold war or whatever. The most recent one was. Oh, Vanguard. Vanguard, yeah. Gotcha. That's what you mean. Um, other than that, I don't know. I'm trying to think. That's a hard one to answer. Yeah, because because we've been playing video games for so long. Um, There's so much up there in my noggin. God dang it. I did the thing where I like fidget with stuff while I talk, and now there's going to be sound in the microphone that I can't get out. And it, it, during editing, and it's just going to give me a lot of stress and a lot of annoyance. And man, I am sick of it. It's okay, buddy. It's going to be okay. It's not like I wish we had a professional recording studio, but we don't. What is this noise? <laughs> <laughs> that one? Yeah, that one. Uh, I don't know. He's a quieting man. Even when I think about like all of the games that I played as a kid and even now, I realize that there are only f very few that I have ever completed. Same. 
I mean, one thing I could say for you is you probably held the, the record for the most times restarting a single Pokemon game. <laughs> um, maybe. I know <laughs> if there was a world record for um most hours played on a Pokemon game without having beaten the Elite Four, that might be it. Yeah, um, that might be it. Because I don't, I don't know if you know, and I'm sure, but I'm sure uh, you know a couple, you know, nerdy audience members may. But the Elite Four is basically the end game of of Pokemon. You know, right. so, so basically, you you defeat eight, you defeat the eight gym leaders, get your badge. Upon earning eight badges, you get you you gain entry into the Pokemon League, where you have to battle the Elite Four, and then the champion who's like the strongest trainer in the entire game. Mm. And you did none of that. Right. So a Pokemon game, at least to people of my age, can be beaten, like from the start through beating the champion. It can be beaten in, I want to say, 12 hours of game time. Maybe a little bit more depending on the game. 12 hours sounds right. Maybe a little bit less depending on the player. For me... The first time I ever played Pokemon Platinum, I had spent 127 hours in the game without having beaten it. I spent roughly 10 times as much time as you would really need to before, you know, actually beating the game. And in that save file, I don't know if I actually ever did beat the game. What I did through the entire playthrough is that I relied on one Pokemon that was just overleveled. And I couldn't even fully evolve it because a lot of Pokemon require you trading Pokemon with another person in real life uh, in order to evolve it. This Pokemon was such such a creature. And I so it, it wasn't even fully evolved. It was just really overleveled and I tried <laughs> to rely on it so hard and I couldn't beat the game because uh, even though it was high level, it was still fairly weak. And so I spent... I guess 50 hours after that, trying to build another team from scratch, which after you've, after you've beaten all of the other strong trainers in the game, besides the elite four, have trying to get your poke, trying to get other Pokemon to a high enough level to be able to challenge the elite four is brutal because of the, the uh, because of a grindy mess. It is. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Yeah. I can't imagine. That's why I don't really like those games. I mean, the only one really like that I I can really stand is Animal Crossing. Okay. But I can like barely stand Animal Crossing. I love it. I love it so much. I've never played Animal Crossing. You'd probably get really bored with Animal Crossing, if you're going to be honest with you. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Just... Okay. So what video game do you feel... Um, you have spent the most time in. I know Pokemon Platinum for me, given just that 127 hour save file alone, right, is probably it. Probably Minecraft. I yeah, that makes sense. Cause I play a lot of Minecraft. You do. I play a lot of Skyblock as of recently as well. I need to. I need to get into that. Skyblock seems like a lot of fun. It is. I just automated a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's fun. If there was a game you think you could speedrun, what would it be? 
if like I know you said earlier, you know, speed running it just doesn't seem like anything you want to do, but if there was a game that you think you would try to speed run, what would it be? You know, this this answer might throw you off. Well, not necessarily throw you off, but I might. I've never played the actual game, but it seems like a very fun game to speed run. Binding of Isaac. Oh, okay. I've seen plenty of people play it, but yeah, it definitely looks like a game that I could speed run. Huh. I never, yeah, it, that definitely did throw me for a loop because I kind of did expect you to say something like Minecraft because, like you said, you've spent a lot of hours in that game. See, the thing is, uh, speedrunning Minecraft, a lot of it, a lot of speedruns are RNG, right? You know, you have yeah. to have the best luck, the best seed, the best whatever, especially in Minecraft. But I don't know. I'm in this mixture. Sometimes I want to just chill and play Minecraft, you know, veg out like that. Sometimes the other times I just want to, you know, actually go hardcore, build things and like do all that. I mean, okay. I'm going to rephrase your question that you questioned to me. Okay. What video game or what game in general have you absorbed the most content? Either being watching, playing, reading or doing anything about it's got to be pokemon because well for one of course i've spent a lot of time playing the games i have nearly 20 years of experience just being a casual player of of pokemon not 20 good years of experience because (laughs) you know the first the first few uh, (laughs) (laughs) he's okay I didn't really know what I was doing until like my second or third time playing Pokemon Platinum. But it, and so on top of playing the games, I've also I also watched the anime a lot as a kid. Mm, okay. Um, if if you were to really get into semantics and ask me like what my first anime was, if if you were to ask me that question, I would say something like, "Oh well, my first anime was uh, Soul Eater." But in reality, my first my first anime on a technic on a technical level is Pokemon. That was my first anime. I just didn't know it was anime, what anime was at the time. I just thought it was it was just a cartoon, which it is. But yeah, I've, I spent a lot of time consuming uh, the Pokemon anime. I've never read any of the manga. I have consumed some, like, I think they're, they're like, player guides. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so I've, I've had a lot of, like, player guides. When, you know, you would go into the Scholastic Book Fair... I wouldn't buy anything, like, I wouldn't buy a book that my mom would want me to buy. I would buy this Pokemon encyclopedia. Right. And be like, I want this. And a pencil. <laughs> no, you get, remember the erasers? The really long erasers that you'd whip each other the, with? The really long erasers, or, like, the pens with, like, the, the glove on the end that was a pointer. Yes! And it had, the hair was, like, the, the really soft uh, material. Oh my god, yeah. Dude, the Scholastic Book Fair, man. I look forward to that every single year. It was a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, because they'd have the coolest books. Mm-hmm, yeah. I kind of wish there was an adult version of a Scholastic Scholastic Book Fair, but guess what, William? That's called a bookstore. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately those are there all the time. Yeah. I just wish I liked reading as much as I did as a kid. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of my friends know this, but I have dyslexia, so reading is not fun for me. Yeah, and it's not fun for me either, because uh, not that I have dyslexia or anything like that, but I do have a, a deficit of attention. 
I don't know if it, it's still to be seen whether or not it's an actual disorder or not, but I definitely do have some sort of, you know, attention deficit. That really makes reading hard sometimes. Uh, so what I want to get into, and I just haven't uh, went to the bookstore and done anything about it yet, is I want to consume more manga because manga right. was really good for me to read. It's a lot. It's a, it's easier. It's a lot easier to read than an actual novel or anything yeah, like and, that. And I and I can get a whole volume in in like an hour. Yeah, that's true. But anyways, going back to like my Pokemon consumption. Yeah, so a lot of times at the games, a lot of time in the anime. Bought some books off of it. I watch a lot of Pokemon YouTube now, and uh, like Pokemon YouTube is huge. Like uh, because it's a lot of people who try to. It's a, it, it, like there's a lot of hypotheticals going on, a lot of challenges, and Pokemon YouTube is just absolutely gigantic, and it's really cool what people like to see because there's there's a lot of different branches to it. There's, you know, people who like to casually play the game and have fun doing that. Like, whoever finds the first shiny wins. There's the competitive aspect to it, which... You know, you can watch people just really build the best teams there are. And then there's also, like, the lore aspect of it. Because Pokemon, if you look a little bit deeper, actually has a fairly extensive lore, in, especially in some games. Uh, so a lot of people might look into the lore of some of these Pokemon and, you know, deep dive into that and create hypotheticals. So there's a lot of that to go on. So, so, mm. so as far as, like, a game or a franchise that I've consumed most of in my entire life... Animes, or not anime. Well, anime, yeah, I consume a lot of anime. When we get off, I'm going to jump in the shower, get ready for bed, and watch an episode of anime when, uh, when I do that. But I've consumed most of Pokemon in my entire life. I gotcha. Yeah, mine's still Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> I watch a lot of Minecraft on YouTube. I play a lot of Minecraft. And I'll read about Minecraft every once in a while. I'll see something on Reddit or something like that. Yeah. It's just, it's the, that's what I love about the game. It's just so huge. Mm -hmm. and yeah, definitely. God, God, I love the freaking comeback. I love it. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Now, having talked about uh, speedruns earlier this episode, now I really want to try to speedrun a game. I don't know what game I'd speedrun. It probably would be Mario 64 if I can ever get my 64... If I could ever be late, if I could ever stop being lazy about my sixty-four, that's it. If I could ever, if 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 um, yeah, so if I ever stop being lazy about my Nintendo 64, I could plug in my Nintendo 64 and then whenever I had time, just tried to do a glitchless speed run of Mario, see how far I could get or how quick I could play through the game. Do it. Do it this weekend. But football, you know, you got Saturday and then Sunday, I'm probably going to have to cook clean and whatnot. Um, well, that's just that's just me making excuses. Yeah, yeah, I get that though. Yep, definitely. But on that note, um, this was kind of a less structured 
episode or it ended up being, I thought it was going to have more structure than it did. Um, but then I kind of fell off there. So that was the, that was our episode of nerd and nerder for this week. And our first ever episode of events in nerdy history. So yes, yes. So thank you all so much for listening. Ah, there we go. Yeah, I did it. I did it this time. Uh, Carson, do you have anything to, to add? Thank you for listening. Um, we're glad to bring pleasure to your ears. If that's what happens, I don't know. Uh, yes, Ooh, we love thank pleasuring you. your ear holes. Episode seven is done and dusted, just like me when I wouldn't survive Thanos. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a coin flip, essentially, right? So, yeah, heads, yeah. all right, heads, heads or tails? Ah, tails. tails. Sorry, sorry, buddy. Uh, uh, well, goodbye, goodbye, cruel world. I have been dusted. Goodbye, cruel world. Alrighty, so. Once again, thank you so much for listening. You can catch us on our socials. Uh, Carson is over there um, making a whole bunch of social media accounts for the podcast. Uh, so far, you can follow us at Nerd and Nerder Podcast on TikTok and Instagram. You can also follow him as a person at Handy Carson on most of his socials. You can follow me at Weebum, W33BUM, on most of my socials, as well as Himbo underscore Deluxe on TikTok. You can also submit any inquiries or any reviews for the podcast to our uh, official email, which is nerdandnerderpodcast at gmail.com. That is N-E-R-D-A-N-D-N-E-R-D-E-R-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Oh, let's go. You got it in one run this week. I did. I did. I did. Oh, great. And that'll about do it. Uh, with a successful email read uh, this week, we'll go ahead and leave it at that. So, thank you so much for listening, and stay nerdy, my friends.